I'm your host, Andrew Renee, joined as always by my fantastic co-host, Brittany Brombacher. Hello. Christine Seimer. Hi. And Alexa Ray Correa. Hi. Ladies, it is the end of E3. I never thought this moment would come. This is the last thing we are doing. We've been here forever. <laughs> at the same time. Forever. We live here now. It fucking flew at the same time. I it have really to say. did. Wow. I can't believe that we have been here at the Facebook booth all week. So if you guys are watching the video, you can see that we are on stage. We did some really fantastic live content with Facebook all week long. And a huge thank you to them for being partners with us and working with us. If you guys missed any of those interviews, you can see them all on Facebook.com slash E3Expo. We will be sharing them to our page. That's Facebook.com slash What's Good Games. It was been it has been so nice getting to meet some of our patrons from patreon.com slash what's good games. We've all got to meet a, a couple different patrons yeah, here at the show. Yeah. So you got a gift, Andrea. I did get a gift. It's a little mini um, Aloy. It's a cute, adorable, plushy Aloy. So cute. Yeah, it's very cute. Everyone has been incredibly kind. The patrons, you guys are the best. Like, it's an honor for us for you guys want to take pictures of us. It's like we're not, I mean, we're cool, but you guys are even cooler. So it's cool <laughs> that everyone's like, hey, it's What's Good Games. Let's take a picture. And it's like, oh, man. Like, even when we're here, you guys can't see this, but everyone who comes in through this hall, there's an escalator, there's stairs. People will stop us there and take pictures and send them to us, and it's fantastic. They're all looking Staring at us. Staring in the best way possible. We're like in a fishbowl. Also, take a shot every time I said cool. Cool, cool, also, cool, cool. Like, big thanks to all our friends in the game industry for helping us to play literally all the games. Well, yeah, most of the games. Oh, well, some and of I us got some to play games, a lot more games of us. than others. I didn't get uh, very many hands-on opportunities because I was here in the Facebook Live booth for for most of the week. But that's okay because you ladies, boots on the ground, you many got to boots. play stuff. So yeah. let's go ahead and get into it. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter show for us this week because of production um, capabilities that we're limited on. So look for our full-length podcast and video cast to be next week when we're back in the studio. But this is really all about the things that we saw at E3, what we played at E3, things we maybe didn't like here at the show. So before we get into specific games let's talk about the show in and of itself we've all been to e3 before yes um how was this e3 different for you alexa there were too many people <laughs> i'm gonna say it I, I i withheld my judgment we talked about this on the podcast a couple weeks ago about e3 being open to the public i feel like there were too many people that's fine if you open it up to the public but i think we need to move to a gamescom model or a tokyo game show model where there's a business day where people that are doing business at the show can do their business or whatever business, and then business, business. attendees can come and enjoy the games because a lot of people came. 
And the lines, I mean, we got here on the first day and you couldn't even get within 10 feet of the Nintendo booth. It was just completely packed. Well, the first day there was a gigantic line just to get inside the Expo Hall. It was wrapping yes. around the Los Angeles Convention Center because uh, the people who run the show, I think, grossly underestimated what the queue process would be. Right. And I had message, uh, mentioned this on social media saying, you know, hats off to Reed Pop who runs PAX and the PAX conventions. Yep. They really have a fantastic system down for managing this many thousands of people all trying to get into the same space at the same time. So they did work it out by Thursday. They did. They, they did. did. Today was totally but fine. But it also might just be that there are less people coming on Thursday. I think like, that's more it. I think there's le- there are definitely less people here today than there were on Tuesday. So yeah. for me, like my whole thing was I didn't mind that uh, the public got to come to E3 because I know how cool it is to have that opportunity. And my, I was thinking, well, I have appointments. I'm not going to be too hindered by it. But what it did do that I wasn't anticipating uh, was that in between appointments, if I had like 40 minutes to spare, I would generally, in E3's past, wander the show floor, check out some stuff. But it is just too utterly exhausting to try to make your way through the show floor. You don't... Yeah. That's the one complaint I have. Like, all of my other appointments were behind closed doors, so I wasn't affected. But yeah, trying to manage yeah. that show floor is just... Well, I'm sure by next year, like, this was a learning experience, and if they decide yeah. to do this next year, maybe split up the days. I'm sure we won't run into the crazy crunch that we did. It won't happen. Maybe if they split the badges up, like, do it like packs where there's, like, a day badge and then, like, a week badge. Yeah, but if you just want to come It was day. nice having a lot of, you know, non-industry people here just maybe yeah. regulate the... Yeah, I mean, like, I I think it's easy, obviously, to to criticize the way that they handled the line situation, not only outside getting into the Expo Hall, but also within the Expo Hall itself. They just weren't prepared, but... On a positive note, oh yeah, it did bring a lot of really fantastic fresh energy, which was much needed at yep. three. Yeah. I think we all are guilty of sometimes getting a little fatigued, maybe a little run down, a little overworked, and it's hard to maintain that enthusiasm. And having so many people who have had that lifelong dream of coming to E3 for the first time be here to really reinvigorate us was really wonderful. And getting to meet you know fans of our show, fans of our previous work, getting to meet other people that we work with, you know, seeing our friends yeah. at at Rooster Teeth, at IGN, at GameSpot, people that we've worked with in the past was also a really nice treat. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't mind it. I mean, like I said, the one issue I had was getting around the show floor. But other than that, the energy, people are chanting, people are screaming when yeah. they're like doing awesome things. And it's like, <laughs> thank you. I needed that shot of energy. Yeah, Feed exactly. me. Feed yeah. me energy. So, Steimer. Yeah. You uh, were hosting quite a bit here with me in the Facebook Live booth, but you did get some hands-on time to go roam the floor. What did you see that was cool? I only got to see one thing because everything else took too long. Uh, But that was Super Mario Odyssey. So I got to play a little bit of that. Everything else that I played this week, I played at a showcase, which was away from the show floor. It wasn't even part of E3, technically. It was like a before E3 even started thing. Um... So Super Mario Odyssey for me, I only I literally got to play for like five minutes. I got a shorter I I got a we aren't supposed to do this kind of appointment sort of a thing. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) But because of that, because it was so short, it was really hard for me to grasp the motion controls because I don't play with motion controls a lot. Sure. Um, So I was like trying to throw my hat out and (laughs) in Super Mario Odyssey World or whatever the fuck it's called. Super Mario Odyssey. (laughs) Super Mario Odyssey. (laughs) Jump because that's what Mario does. And you can hit Goombas with it. But I was real bad at it for and then like she kept trying to tell me like if you do this thing it'll go in a circle. I could not. I could not get it. Okay, so (laughs) 
Literally, that's Brittany it. Brittany and I got like 30 minutes with Super Mario Odyssey, and we played both of the worlds. Yeah, and Aww. we played with the motion control, the Joy-Cons, yeah. and then I specifically asked if I could play with the Pro Controller a million times better. That Pro yeah. Controller. I wanted yeah. to play it with the Switch altogether, so they just gave me the two Joy-Cons, sure. and the Switch was, whatever, off doing its thing. But I'm like, but I'm probably going to play the Switch as a sort of a handheld kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of wanted to play it like that, but I just didn't have time. It's interesting how a lot of the Nintendo Switch titles have so many different controller inputs. You can do the Joy-Cons individually attached to the yep. the screen or the Pro Controller. I don't know if that's going to help or hinder them in the long run, having to really accommodate for these multiple inputs. Right. But um, it certainly makes it harder for players I would think did you guys find it like did you find did you find it enjoyable to use the separate Joy-Cons no because I have played primarily the Pro Controller ever since I've had my Switch that's the only way I play Zelda Yep. and so I'm very familiar with the Switch in itself but then when she handed me the Joy-Con controllers I was like okay A is this button okay where's the minus sign like how do I like push the buttons on the yep. fly and I felt like a right. noob and I was like uh so no I don't like having to know because it's hard enough to jump between a Switch controller an Xbox controller and a Playstation controller and now you have to learn like 15 different iterations of the Switch controller so yeah so, do you ever play um, your Switch all to like do you travel with it and play it all as one I thing, do or? travel with it but I only play my games on TVs oh so yeah, I'm I'm well, with you on that one. Well, I prefer I the TV. I haven't played Zelda handheld because I play it on my projector at home with my fiance, and so it's not as enjoyable to, for us both. On to, like, your projector, Jeez, how big is that screen? Money bag, it's like a hundred and like eighteen inches or oh something. Oh my lord, it's, it's sexy. So I'm spoiled. I'm spoiled. So know. I can't go from that beautiful like surround sound, like theater atmosphere, to a little screen. That makes sense. I don't blame you for that. Yeah. On the subject of the controllers, talking about their bazillion controller setup, so I played Fire Emblem Warriors directly after we played Super Mario Odyssey, and I was holding the Joy-Cons, and the woman actually said, you're not going to want to play this game with the Joy-Cons. You want to play with the Pro Controller. Oh. So right. So people who work for Nintendo who are demoing it are like, nope, that's not the controller you want to use. I have a big problem But it's the controller that, that came with, yeah, it, that came with the, the thing. Right. So here's the thing. The Pro Controller is an extra expense. And so when developers... It's like 90 damn bucks. It's way too expensive. And so for a developer to say, our game is best played with a pro controller, makes me kind of angry. And and it's hard for me to, to, to direct that anger either at the development team for making their game a specific way or at Nintendo for making these kind of bullshit little baby controllers I, I mean, to be that fair, are very difficult to use. Before we yeah. go forward, I don't think she was a developer. I think she was just someone doing Or the, the person demo. demoing, yeah. She, yeah, she... Okay. That said... But even still... But no, she, was sure. still she was still a, a paid representative of this company she, yes. inside the booth right. telling people it's better to play with the pro controller even if that's not a direct message from Nintendo or right. from the developer... Just the idea that it's better to play with the Pro Controller. Yep. I think overall, I think we can agree that every time oh, yeah. we played a Nintendo Switch game, it is better with the Pro Controller. Well, some of us have little raptor hands and can't wrap their hands around those tiny Not little Joy-Cons. I have, extremely, all of us. I have extremely tiny hands and baby I hands. I have trouble <laughs> using... Well, if that was mostly just when it was one Joy-Con trying to use that on the side. That was, that was really difficult. But for me, I'm hoping... Well, now I'm, now I'm debating... Now I'm debating my future purchase because, what because if I want to use this traveling, that's all I want to use it for. And if I am, I'm obviously gonna have to use the Joy Cons when I travel. And if they suck, there's a good kickstand, you know, thing you can get. You can take the Pro Controller with you. Great, so that's more money. 
Well, well also, the switch, <laughs> the switch comes with a dock for your pro controller, so it's not like you have to like have these little. It, it feels more like you're holding an actual controller with a little dock. Yeah, the little dog, okay. the little dog yeah, thing that okay. goes in the middle. You, you, you uh, put the Joy Cons anyway. on it. Mm. I don't want to. You'll get, be like, fine. Or, yeah, well, I don't want to go we'll down this rabbit later. hole of like, you know, like debating like the efficacy of the hardware. Baby, <laughs> baby I will, hands. I will I say, of all the first-party booths that are here at E3. Everybody that I've talked to has said, I want to go to Nintendo. You have to go see Nintendo. Nintendo yep. is on my list. Mm-hmm. There wasn't one person that didn't talk about Nintendo being something that they wanted to see. And I think that that's important yep. for us to mention that they had the most amount of generated uh, a positive buzz. Even though Xbox announced the Xbox One X, they didn't overcome Nintendo. And I think a lot of that has to do with the software offerings that they brought. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Nintendo was my favorite press conference, if you want to call it that, of E3. Freaking buzz. I loved it so much. And you just can't go wrong with, you know, like I ta- was talking to Bill and you during one of our interviews. You have Kirby. You have Yoshi. You have Mario. You have Zelda. You have Pokemon titles coming. And I think Mario everyone plus feel- Rabbids. Mario Rabbids. Everyone's yeah. feeling that buzz. And that booth was just incredible. They always go. Last year, did you see their Breath of the Wild booth? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was beautiful. That was really beautiful last year. Also, it was 27 minutes long. Thanks, Nintendo. What, wait, what yep. was 20? Oh, the, it yeah, was really short. Yeah, yeah, it was. Great. Did <laughs> so you, have good. you had a chance to check it out? I did not even enter the West Hall this year. Oh, oh no. The first time ever. down that way. It's After we're far. done shooting, if we still have some time left, I might sneak in and, and, and run around. But um, this would be my first E3 that I didn't get to see the Nintendo booth. Um, oh. But you know what? That's okay, because I'm sure um, there'll be plenty of videos and, and photos and stuff out there that I can look at. Brittany and I rolled around in it. Um, let's talk some more uh, about games. So, Alexa, you got to play probably the most out of all of us. I played so many video games, you guys. It's probably the year I have played the most video games at this convention. Like, well, on the show floor, or I mean, in total, including both. Spaces. I spent the most time on the show floor this year than I have in years past. And how many E3s This have is you my had? sixth. Okay. I don't know if it's, like, the traditional press grind kind of keeps you away from just wandering, but, like, I had time to, like, sneak in and go look at stuff, and, like, we spent a lot of time at the Nintendo booth this morning, and I got to go to Ubisoft and play the stuff we didn't get to play at the showcase. Um, did you play Mario? I did play Mario. We, How did you like it? Rewind real quick because oh, I know we kind of went down a weird hardware rabbit hole. Uh, Mario, Mario Odyssey, phenomenal. Very, very good game. Do you want to? Yeah. Do you want to talk? Do you want to get into Mario? This, weren't you? Uh, we can get into you Mario. Guys, you guys already talked about Mario. Mario's great. Is there, is there more you need no, to say? No, because Christine was saying that the motion control she couldn't get into. Then we went down the weird rabbit hole mm, of that's hardware. That's true. Right. And so, I did we, like the game in general. Yeah. Though. I just wanted to rewind and say that the game is phenomenal. It's very, very good. And that was. I just wanted to make that point. I well, will play that game. We never it talked also, about the actual game. <laughs> it also just like if you're like a hard like if you've followed Mario throughout the years and the Nintendo properties, there's a lot of little Easter eggs and things you can find that sort of reward you for being with the series. For so long like the mayor in New Donk City it's like all over the internet now but the mayor is Pauline from the original Donkey Kong games and she's like this beautiful like like in like a like a full body like red suit and like there's another character which I won't spoil that's like hiding out on a rafter and like one of the in like the city and then there are these puzzles you can actually find um, like hieroglyphics puzzles that you jump into and it becomes an 8-bit Mario game and you can use them to like get around kind of like you do in A Link Between Worlds when you're the wall painting yeah and it's just so incredible and there's all these little things and then in addition to that there's just like the kind of like 
kind of like the really like anachronistic like Mario's never done this before like one of the hat options is a fedora like you can buy him a business suit and a fedora and you've got Wait, this Mario like oh my a fedora. God. yeah and yeah. he's like this amazing, amazing. little like like 1920s fedora so, man Mario oh, fedora oh, man I bet. Mario you know, it's like interesting that you guys things. have all you know had this really positive experience with it because I don't know if you got the impression but last year when they kind of announced this game there was a lot of hate towards it everyone's like what is this weird Mario it's set in the city I don't know what this is and now it's like a 180 from there everyone's like oh my like, gosh Odyssey everyone's like oh my god T-Rex it could be a T-Rex right. right you can like be on a dinosaur the thing is it's not so that city with like the realistic looking people yeah it's fucking weird to see Mario next to a human man Yeah. Who looks like a human man. Who you can control. But then there's another one of the... Uh, who you can control. You can throw the hat on him and be him. the human man. Uh, I drove an RC car very badly as a human man. That's like one of the mini games. Um, but the other environment that we spent time in is like this desert town that's been frozen over. And the people that inhabit it are like those little Day of the Dead. Like skull oh, guys with little sombreros. And there's posters all over it for like Bowser and Peach, wedding of the century. And Bowser's all dapper and Peach is like... And it's like really, really uh, excellent. Whoa. Something Hello. is happening. But you That's also, a let it die booth. They're uh, being but, very loud over there. You also played Fire Emblem, though. I did. Not Fire, yeah. yeah, yeah. I did. I did play Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem was great. I don't like the Warriors games, the Dynasty Warriors games, as a rule, just because they get really repetitive. But Fire Emblem Warriors takes elements from recent Fire Emblem games and adapts them in a really, really smart way. Um, I don't know if any of you played Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Nope. Nope. Just me over here in my little weeb corner. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to stay here. Um, so to make it short, there's a mechanic in Fire Emblem Awakening where you can pair two characters up on the same space on the on the battle grid, and they can uh, use more powerful attacks and attack together. And they use that on the battlefield in the Warriors games. And it's like a really smart way to adapt that for a different property. I really liked it. Cool. It was good. Nice. <laughs> um, so, Britt. You got to see some stuff behind closed doors. Do you want to tell us about some of the demos you got to see? Yeah. So the only two titles I actually went hands-on with were Super Mario Odyssey and Harvest Moon, which I can talk about in a little bit. Um, I saw Vampire, which I talked about earlier. I think it was during one of our Facebook live streams. Uh, it was, but let's talk about it again here yeah. for people who missed so, it. Vampire is Dote Nod's new vampire action adventure RPG sandbox uh title. I heard RPG. Now done. they're just throwing genres in there for the sake I, of it. It's like a whole bunch of, it's a whole bunch of things. <laughs> All of the genres. Um, and they're the guys, obviously, who did, guys and gals who did Life is Strange. Yeah. Yeah. And the weird, not the weird, but like the main premise of it is that you are this doctor. It's 1918. The Spanish flu has destroyed everything and everyone. And you are a vampire. And in order to, and you are a hidden vampire. And then you, secret vampire. Secret vampire. Are there open Open, like publicly. Yeah, are there yeah, outed yeah, vampires? Yeah, outed va- yeah that's okay. yeah, the word I'm looking for. They're outed vampires, and there is a group trying to kill all these vampires, and it's great. No, it's not. That's bad. You are a vampire, so you don't want that. No, yeah. So, anyway, that's bad. so do, do you know that other people are vampires? Are you in like a secret vampire? Like, do you know there are others out there like you? I'm not sure because okay. you are a hidden vampire, and there, okay. there was one part in the game where you see, because it's, it's a time where people are taking advantage of everyone, and there's a private investigator who is a self declared vampire expert. 
and he is um, frauding this woman out of saying that her husband was killed by a vampire attack and he's like I'm a pro vampire hunter and finder blah 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 but you are a vampire standing right next to him and he has no idea that you are a vampire so Did you, you kill him so there are hidden vampires anyway so the whole point like one of the main features they talked about is that you can get experience points by killing bad guys sure but the best way to level up is to eat citizens Wait, but you're a doctor. Isn't there like something in the doctor code about not eating other people? You're no, a fucking not vampire doctor. Shit's yeah, different. Well, yeah, you need rules to don't some people to help some people. Rules don't apply when you're a vampire doctor. That's hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Here goes I mean, Alexa again. You need to eat, otherwise you'd die, and then you wouldn't help anybody else. But he's a doctor. He is a doctor. Okay, doctor. Right, moving on. So, you have to kill citizens, and the, this guy, Andrea's face right now. She's like, guys, come <laughs> on. Okay. Shut up. I'm not incredibly <laughs> exhausted and, and over here listening to you guys be like, he's a doctor. <laughs> I'm like, what's happening right now? Um, okay, so you, whoever you kill, it causes ripples throughout the story. And like a Don't Nod Games, you have lots of choices that you have to make, and you can fuck everything up, and you will get a terrible ending. I thought you were just going to stop with you can but, fuck everything, and I was like, ooh, what? That would be my kind of Take note, Bioware. Sex. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of the main thing, is like, who do you kill? Who do you let live? And what impact does it have on the world around you? Okay, I have some questions for you. So, um, knowing the style, the visual style, and the gameplay of Life is Strange, is it kind of similar to that, or is the art style, like, wildly different? It's wildly different in the sense that it's realistic looking. Okay. It's not, like, cel-shaded, cartoony looking. Um, The So, it's coming out, I want to say, late in November? This okay. year, which so it's mostly me, done, probably. Uh, well, then that's why I'm a little nervous. Is because it doesn't look. They have more time for development. They have probably five months or so. But I know, whatever. Point being is that the facial animations are off. It does look a little janky. Like the, mm. the mouth movement is like not there. I'm sure all of that stuff will hopefully come together in the final polish. I hope so, mm. but it probably just needs a fresh coat of polish. But other than that, I mean, it looks great and it looks very interesting. Are there conversation choices like they are in Absolutely. Life is Strange? Yes. Okay. Yep. So you can there's like one instance where you're the doctor and there are vampires coming to like try to destroy the hospital and you can tell the guy that you're talking to that I will protect your hospital, this is your fault or I'm not going to protect the hospital. I don't know the consequences of those actions. We didn't get to see like that far much of the story play out so I don't know if it's like a huge choice or if it's not but it's there. Okay. Cool. Is this the game that is in the World of Darkness universe? I have no clue. Because I know someone lost the license and I think Don't Nod picked it up. There's like a World of Darkness vampire oh, thing. Maybe. We'll have to, I'll have to go look this up, but that's yeah. what this sounds like to me. It sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah it's it interesting. Sound cool. Sounds yeah. cool. Yeah. As I mentioned, I didn't get to play too much here, but I did want to talk about you know the hands-on time I spent at uh, the Ubisoft showcase. So I was... Really, really impressed with Ubisoft's press conference, with the games that they're offering, that I'm finally vindicated Beyond Good and Evil 2 was announced. Yes. Um, we, um, Simon and I got the chance to talk to Dean Takahashi from Games Beat and Venture Beat, and he got to see a behind-closed-doors demo uh, of the game, and it sounds really amazing. I'm really looking forward to seeing more of that. It does sound like it's a little far away, despite the fact that the, t- the dev team got on stage and said they've been working on it for over three years. Um, it sounds like we probably won't get it in 2018. No, um, I don't think so. Which nah. is kind of a bummer. Um, but it, it does sound like what they're doing with it is going to make it a, a lot more open world. So if you guys didn't see the demo uh, on stage at the Ubisoft conference, you know, there was this like, like 
giant pig character who was doing like a deal with this monkey character um, inside this um, this Cafe. shop. And um, the monkey ends up stealing something and running away. And what Dean saw was um, all the different ways you can actually move throughout this city. So after that little chase is done, they kind of take you on this journey and they show you the city and they show you like all these different places. And that just got me super excited. Um, so I just wanted to touch on that real quick. But uh, my hands on time, I think we all, did we all get hands on time with Far Cry 5? Yes. Yes. Not so, I. So ah. Britt didn't get it. But... Um, it was great. So they introduced these three companions. We previously talked about them, uh, a couple of them uh, on the show, but we actually got to play with them. So this is a new mechanic for Far Cry. They had companions and co-op in Far Cry before, but not like this. Right. So you can essentially like hot swap your companion. You can um, call them in. There's three that they were showing off. Um, we've got uh, Boomer. Boomer, the dog. Guns for Hire is what they're calling him officially. Dog for Hire. Was like, I'm like, um, he's a he dog. was Fangs he's for not, Hire. Gun. Yeah, Fangs exactly. for Hire. Paws for Hire. Um, and then there was Nick Fry. Fire? Fry. Nick Fry, I think. Nick Fry? Um, he right. owns an right. aviation um, shop and he's got a plane and he you can call him in and he'll like drop bombs on groups of enemies. And then there's uh, Grace. I love who her. Who is a, a sniper. So if you want to really focus on like either melee or shotgun or close range weapon action and you want someone kind of like giving you cover fire, she's a good person to be able to call in. And we got to play through the scene that you guys saw uh, in the demo that they did on stage and it feels very Far Cry but the setting feels really fresh in a really unique way. Yes. Simon, you want to say something? I want to say something because I've talked about this before on the podcast and how I get irritated whenever um, you'd have to re-go back to settlements, basically, and, and uh, conquer them again. They confirmed that is not a thing in this game. Yes. And once you clear a settlement area, it is fine. They can handle it themselves. And you never Yay. have to go back and reclaim yeah, it. I was like, uh, thank you. A question about the companions. Are they, can they be handled by your friends? Is it co-op in that way? No. They are not talking about they that yet. Okay. Like that. So, um, hopefully we'll learn more about that later this summer. Um, traditionally, Ubisoft does a few different press events or previews um, before the game's release. Um, it's possible that they're still working out details. Maybe the response was so good here at the show that they're like, everyone's like, can I play Boomer? I want to be the dog. Um, Do you want to be my dog? I just want to play that whole game as the dog. Like, forget being the human. Yeah. yeah you know, it's Far interesting Boomer. because I felt like I was a little frustrated that it, it seems like the dog is almost like the the one to pick all the time yeah. because he can he can go in really undetected and he's he can take damage but you can't kill him and when I was um, playing with Nick as my companion having him drop bombs he just complained about getting shot the whole time he's like oh I'm taking fire I'm taking fire the dog you, is a silent companion yeah and you really have to. <laughs> Um, strategically use the bombs because if you call him in, he's not a character that you can call in for immediate help. And like Boomer, you can call for like if you're under fire, you call him, he comes into your aid right away. And so it was one of those things where I was like, well, maybe there'll be certain situations within the game that we have yet to see where yeah. it makes sense to use a specific companion in a specific setting. But I really did like it overall. I think the game looks beautiful. I like that they are really like leaning into this controversial theme, this controversial setting of this like religious cult in you yes. know backwoods America. I think it's going to be great to see how they handle this villain, this father character. Um, Ubisoft's Far Cry team has been known for having really psychotic villains, so 
I really enjoyed my time playing with playing that game. Hey, I'm going to back you up a little slightly because I played as Grace. You whom, you did, who you, whom you did not mention. I played with Grace. <laughs> and she sounds like, because I didn't know what Nick could do, is like the happy medium between them. Like, if you go down, she's available in an instant to heal you and bring you back. Otherwise, she'll just sit quietly wherever you put her and just snipe people. She's pretty powerful. No, having so somebody be like able a, to revive you is pretty awesome. Yeah. But it's like instant. Like, she's there. I don't know how she gets there so fast. She teleports. You Secret also teleport. played Mario and Rabbids. I did. But yes, for so Carla Mario Cross or uh, Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. So that's the one. That's the, okay, yeah. that's the <laughs> Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. So this game um, made a big splashy entrance. We obviously knew about this because you know the artwork leaked before E3, but then they showed us some gameplay on stage. I played about a 25-minute demo. A lot of people on Twitter, you know, were making the moniker of like Mario XCOM, and it really does feel like that. It's a very a true uh, to form turn-based um, strategy game where each of the characters kind of has like a, a unique skill set. So it's been fantastic to look at what the Art Direction team has done with the rabbits and how they've really merged them with the world of Mario. Seeing these rabbits like you know, a rabid Peach and rabid Luigi, <laughs> so and like great. for the enemy side, like rabid Donkey Kong, and seeing them on, a on the Kong? same play yes, map. I didn't, Kong. I didn't see the Donkey the Kong. Donkey Kong is great. Yeah. He's fantastic. He's Damn. pretty great. And then they have traditional characters from Mario, you know, like the Chomp, um, you know, and um, we have obviously Mario himself. I don't think I saw any of the. Did you guys see any of the Koopas? No. no. I have to imagine that they're going to be in the game at some point, but the team has been working on this game for over three years, they said, and it's the first game, uh, it's the first Mario game to be developed outside of Japan, which is really kind of incredible Whoa. to think about. No. no pressure. Yeah, right? No pressure. Like, it's the first one in Milan, and I was like, yes. Just takes one. Yeah, specific. exactly. Um, yeah. It was a little slow at first, like, you know, most turn-based stuff is. We have to get to learn, you know, the movement system, how far you can um how far you can go, what items you can use. and But I think it's a game that I'm really going to love. And it really lends itself to that portable gameplay of the Switch. And I think it'll be one of those games that people will take with them on their commutes or on planes, and they'll be able to really sink a lot of time into it. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to a lot, actually. Is I do want to get a Switch somewhat, re- or somewhat soon, because that game's coming out what, in August, I want to say. Yeah, I believe it's um, August. I can't keep yeah. track of all these yeah, release I don't, dates. There's, I think it's August. I don't if know. If I'm wrong, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> all the games. It's uh, this year. Same every game. You yeah. and I played South Park, The Fractured Butthole. We did. Me too. Right, okay, we oh, were yeah. right next to each other, and it was glorious when we were playing it. Thumbs yes. up? Thumbs I, up. I love The Butthole. South Park. <laughs> Get it? I'm here all night. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so tell us, um, tell us about what happened. Okay. You're in a strip club. You're in a strip club. With and strippers. you have to find... <laughs> please, re- please refresh my memory. You have to find a stripper who has a penis tattoo on her. Yes. yes. And her name turns out to be Classy. With, with an, an eye. With an eye. Classy with an eye. And you yes. have to find her for what reason? We don't know yet. We don't know why. she knows... She has a piece of information. Yeah, she's got something that you need. She's got a little or something, something you need. Okay, so you have to find Classy. In order to do that, you ultimately have to buy the DJ a drink. And in order to do this, you use a concoction. You make your own drink for him. It includes jizz. Jizz and rat shit. shit. And then then the gin and tonic. Gin and tonic. This sounds like a South Park game. It's freaking incredible. And And then you fart on it. You forgot the farting. You you do fart on it. You fart on the drink. 
And you do. Of course you do. Oh, when you farting, it was a big mechanic in the first game. Farting's oh, yeah. back. Just you wait. And you throw your farts, and it's fantastic. You throw your farts, <laughs> or you throw firecrackers, or you throw a firecracker, start a fire, and then throw a fart. So, obviously, South Park, the oh fractured butthole, is, I think, way raunchier than the stick of truth, mm, which is I, phenomenal. What we've seen yeah. so far, I mean, we've seen titties. I mean, we've seen jizz everywhere. It's you, been fantastic. There were a lot of nipples in that demo. You I feel like every time I turned sex. around... I don't there think we've nipple. seen anything yet. I think no, I'm, no, but I'm saying like the first game wasn't tame by any means. Oh no, no, but I think this one will be raunchier. I think they're really fucking going for it. They're well, gonna yeah. push it. It sounds to me like if they're willing to put out this kind of content at a public demo, because I remember when the Sick of Truth came out, there was like some controversy over like the anal probe scene yeah. in that game. Yeah. And that was like buried deep in the game, right? We didn't really hear about that until <laughs> see what I did there? Uh, we didn't really hear about that until like after the game was released and players got their hands on it. I mean so for Ubisoft to come forward and say Hey, the gloves are off. We're going to like throw dildos at you. We're going to talk about jizz. We're going to be in a strip club. You beat yep. up strippers. You I mean, it really beat up like, a bunch of strippers. it really feels like Matt and Trey are pushing it to the limits, which you know yeah. is kind of their bag, you know. Yeah. But the main thing is the combat. The combat has been overhauled, and yes. I think it is yeah. fantastic. It it's turn based. It's turn based now, and it uses like Fire Emblem. It's a grid, and you can only move a certain number of spaces on the grid, and then each of your attacks will hit only certain spaces on the grid. So you have to plan out where you're moving, where your comrade is moving, where the enemies are spaced. Um, and some of the attacks will like freeze or stun or buff you and your companions. And you have to really, really think about it and really plan it all out. And it's actually a it's little, really involved. A, like a minor quick time thing um, that doesn't, it just basically gives you a boost. Like it's not going to hurt, hurt. If you screw it up, it's okay. It's like in Super Mario RPG. I'm going to throw that little reference out there. One of my favorite <laughs> Super Nintendo games of all time. Yeah. If you push A at the right time when you're being attacked, you'll take less damage. You push it at the right time when you're attacking, you'll deal more damage. Yes, that's exactly how it works. Uh, it feels good to do yeah. that. Okay, so ladies... We don't have too much time left. And I apologize to everybody listening. I know we could probably talk about a lot more. Um, I'm going to go down the line. Everyone tell me one more thing that they liked what they saw, whether it was a trailer, a gameplay demo, a hands-on experience, a cool thing at a booth. Alexa. Shit. Okay, Steimer. Okay, Come I'm going to do me. two quickly. So one Anthem announcement looked super cool, but it wasn't oh, really yeah. here. Any, no, it anywhere. wasn't. It was just um, at EA Play's showcase, and that was it. Right, so didn't get to see much more than that, so we can't really talk more about it. But um, the other thing that I get to talk about is I played Assassin's Creed, and I didn't hate it. You Have you hated Assassin's no, Creed in the I, past? I just got really frustrated with it before. Same. That's um, fair. I and mean, so, but this one, I didn't feel the frustration. I was able, because of the because of bird vision, um, I was able to kind of go through b- the level before and scout and, like, mark p- people who were there. And then I was able to quickly go in and stealth and kill everybody the way I wanted to. Because I always, it, what always happens to me in anything that's stealth, you go in... You think you have a plan, and then some bro comes from nowhere, yep. and you're like, well, everything's See, fucked I now. I lived for Kill those moments everyone. in Assassin's wow. Creed, though. I loved it when all of the guards come running out, and you just get into these epic battles, and you're, like, slaying, like, well, 30 different guards. you don't guards. have to use the bird. I mean, if it's a story-driven thing where they come at you, the guards, that's one thing. But for yeah. me, it's when I'm trying to explore, and I'm immersed, and I feel like I can't even, like, walk by anyone without them being, like, assassin. That was yeah. my problem. And it sounds like that yeah. might not be the case in this one. It, we don't I know for yeah, sure. I didn't, but I didn't feel any of that in this demo, but that's not to say, it, you know, it was only 30 minutes. So. Right. 
Okay, cool. I'm glad you liked it. I did like it. I'm actually going to play this one. I really liked it a lot. Me too. For it. So, um, I was hoping for a Dying Light 2 announcement. We did not get that. However, Techland did say that they are supporting Dying Light for the next 12 months with 10 pieces of free, D- free DLC. Oh, wow. Numbers mixed up. That's pretty great. Yeah. We don't know too much about the DLC yet, um, and they won't talk. And you, you mentioned Dying Light 2 to them, and they just turned the other way. So, I think it's fair to assume it's a thing that's going to happen, but it's great to see them supporting the community. I think they still have, like, 500,000 active players or something. That's really impressive. Something like that. Yeah, they showed us all the numbers, and it's incredible. Um, the other thing I saw that I have hope for, but I don't think they showed the best demo, was Harvest Moon New Lights, a new light or harvest moon or new light something like that it's is, the new is it on ds what is it on, or switch or what no, is it so on? the thing with this one is why it's a big deal it's coming to switch pc and ps4 this is the first harvest moon game to come to console i believe since 2007 wow Whoa. since the wii i think it was tree and tranquility or something like that um so it's exciting it's a smart move by natsumi seeing the success of stardew valley i mean everyone likes their farming games and it's a good time for them to come in wow. um, i like my farming games i, I like farming say. games however too. the demo they showed and this is something natsumi does all the time very very early stuff at e3 and i tell myself every e3 that i'm not going to look at their booth because it's not reflective of their titles because it's always so early yeah. and i said you know what they're showing a console game it's going to be different i came way too freaking early it's there's no way that game's releasing this year it's supposed yeah. to but it's not but I have fingers crossed, all the mechanics, everything I asked, they told me the answers I wanted, but it just looks like kind of garbage. They you showed mean just it graphically? Okay. They showed it way too soon. Hmm? You mean that's just a, graphically that's, that's it looks a tough bad? Thing, right? Because a lot of devs need to kind of build interest, and it's a possibility that if they had shown something and it got really like universally panned, that maybe they would cancel it. You know, like I don't know if that's a thing, but maybe that's a reason why. Just they, speculating, um, why they would show it this early? No, you can't even enter mm-hmm. any of the houses, and it's not because they don't want you to see. It's because I don't think they're even built yet. They have homes. Yeah. You give gifts to people; they don't even animate, and that's how you build your relationships with people. Oh, like there's a windmill, and it literally moves like this. Oh no, that's not how a windmill like, works. Bales of hay no. are nothing but just like no. static graphics. Incorrect. And, I asked her about it, and she's like, yeah, it's early, early alpha, but I'm like, you're supposed to be coming out in December, and the thing about it, I'll, there's one more thing I'll be done with it, is that, especially with the public being here this year, so like, we as game Put your best media journal and critiques, we know what to look for, we know what's final in a game, we know it can be improved on, yeah. the public doesn't really know that, so if they get their hands on that, they're going to walk away and be like, hell no, I'm not playing that game. Was it public, like, what, did they have that same thing on the public show floor? It was, it was public, yeah, it was their public oh. booth in the hall, anyone mm. can play it. That's not a good idea. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Off soapbox. Well, that's too bad. I have I my answer now. I still love you, Harvest Moon. You have your answer now, I have my Alexa? answer now. It's two okay. things. Ooh. So, one, there was anime on the Xbox stage. There was. Yes, there there was. was a Dragon Ball. There, there was, was a whole six seconds in which Perfect Cell was on stage at the Xbox <laughs> press conference, and only Britney sitting here understands. I, I get I'm a huge Dragon Ball fan. I get it's, it. Uh, it was great. And then the other one was an actual moment involving you, Britney. So we were sitting at the Bethesda. I've never seen anyone this excited for anything in my life ever. We were sitting at the Bethesda press conference, and they were like, Skyrim on the Switch. And then they brought in the Amiibo, and I heard Brittany just go, oh, like an inarticulate noise. 
and then they put the amiibo on the thing and the master sword comes out of the chest and I've never heard anyone like I like just a guttural it sounded like you were in pain but also like having like the best orgasm of your life it yeah, was this like long like, guttural yeah. yell and I went temporarily deaf in my left ear and yeah. it was just we you put your hands up yeah, and I was like this too. person is so excited for this video game thing that's maybe not giant but it's still like a thing that you love and that was just really it's it's me it was really it was really uplifting like you were excited skyrim the game game that's been at e3 every year since it's come out right oh yeah literally when we were watching oh my god i was together i didn't even realize that i'd said this it was just like a she's like sitting there texting and then i was just goes more fucking skyrim (laughs) and i'm like excuse the timer and she's like what did i say and i'm like you just you just tweeted it and i was like wait did i really say that yes like yeah, you did. <laughs> oh. Brett, yeah. yes, explain to the people listening and watching. Can you can you translate your guttural noises into actual you might words? I want to move the microphone slightly away from you. <clears throat> so I'm sure the noise I made first was something like. Ugh. It was a high, much higher pitch than that. No, no, no. The first one. As the soon as I one. saw yeah, the, the first one was much higher pitched. Really? Oh. You were like, uh, yeah, it went like up at like you. you it was it, like Alexa, a roller coaster. Can you, coaster. Can you, can you please tell me? What is that? What is that noise? I don't even think. <laughs> I, don't I was like, knows. if that if what I think happens okay, happens, okay, and then so, it did. So to be completely fair and transparent here, we did have some drinks um, at Bethesda. Some drinks. Which I only had one drink. We couldn't. The bar was too busy to get more than a couple drinks. Well, we were. I got there early and. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, and so... When I'm, I mean, when I'm sober, you show me anything Zelda, I freak the fuck out. Especially if I had a few drinks in me, and it's Skyrim, and I love Skyrim, and I love Zelda. It just, it's a cool mashup, and it honestly, it's also cool to see people actually supporting Nintendo. Like, yay, Bethesda, you're supporting Nintendo. More people need to support Nintendo. They always yeah. say they will, and they never do. That's what so I was exciting. Yeah. And exciting. I don't think this- it's a. I don't think it's a that they don't want to support Nintendo. I think Nintendo is creating hardware that isn't something that yeah. developers are looking to necessarily um, create content specifically for. Well, maybe now they because are. It's, you know, that's, that's what PS- it seemed like. Yeah, the response the PS4 to the and the Xbox One are close enough to PC that if they wanted to make a game for all three platforms, they can. But if they want to make that game for PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Nintendo Switch, it's almost like they have to have another team to be able to, you know, translate or dumb it down enough so that it runs on the Switch in the mm-hmm. same kind of way. So it's more that I'm happy for Nintendo that I feel yeah. like they're finally kind of getting it rather yeah. than like, oh, you're finally supporting them. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it looks cool. I think, you know, when the Nintendo Switch came out and when the announcement was that Bethesda would be working with them, everyone talked about playing Skyrim on the shitter, right? So there you go. <laughs> What was your favorite thing? Um, you know, I didn't you, you I really wanted CFD to play Anthem. So in our pre E three prediction show I said this unannounced Bioware IP was the thing that I wanted to see see the most and we got it. Anthem. It looks really cool. The idea of um, a share a shared world RPG kind of taking some elements from Destiny and mashing them up with the Bioware. RPG kind of powerhouse. I really want to see more about the story of that game. It really looked beautiful, but I mean, we all play Bioware games for their story, for the exactly. narrative choices, for these characters and how they interact with each other. So, yeah, in that they sense, wanted to show why it was different or how it was different. Right. right. I mean, the exploration stuff seems cool, but I feel like everybody is promoting that these days. Everyone's like, oh, open world exploration. It's this cool new thing. And I'm like, well, everybody's doing it now. True. So, I want to know who these characters are. I want to learn more about them. But the thing that we did see, the asset was beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, we hope to be able to bring more 
information to you guys about that. But I also really loved um, seeing Wolfenstein come back. Obviously, mm-hmm. we had hints that that was going to be announced, and it was Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. We got to talk to Jens from Machine Games on the Facebook stage, and they had hands-on in the booth here uh, at E3. It looks beautiful. I really, really enjoyed my time with the first one. Um, a first-person shooter that's created purely as a single-player experience that has a really rich narrative tied to really slick, fun, highly polished shooting mechanics and gunplay um, is something that we don't get a lot of. And I think Machine Games really succeeded with that, and I'm really looking forward to it. And it's coming out in October. It's coming out so soon. Yay! Which is, ex- which is exciting. So, And, of course... Assassin's Creed looks amazing as yep. well. Yes. But ladies, unfortunately we, we can't talk too much more because we are out of time. But the good news is that we'll be back in the studio next week. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be streaming. We are changing our schedule. Um, we will be post- posting details about that, not only on our Patreon page, but on our website as well and on social media. So uh, we will be streaming on Thursdays starting next week. So if you guys have been following our streams, we had to change the scheduling around. Uh, we'll um, bring you guys more content. This has been great. Yay! Go team! Um, Video games! Thank you again to all of our patrons who are supporting us. If you guys want to be part of our community, please join us at patreon.com slash what's good games. You can subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash what's good games. And of course, follow us on all of our social media accounts, which you can find on our what's good games.com website. Alexa Ray, if people want to follow you, where can they follow you? At Alexa Ray C on Twitter, at Alexa Ray on Instagram. I'm around. Steimer? I'm at Steimer on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. And I am at K Steimer on Instagram. Perfect. Britt? At Blonde Nerd on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Blonde Nerd. And you can catch more of my antics from E3 uh, by following me on Twitter at Andrea Renee or checking out my Facebook page. Um, thanks, guys. Uh, I, think that'll, I think that's a, oh, that'll a wrap at E3 2017. We did it. Woo! Goodbye forever. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we go, I know this is really at the end. You guys may have noticed these lovely ladies oh, yeah. are wearing oh, some shirts. Oh. So One we boom. are in the process of prototyping some merchandise. Um, this features our controller icon. Of course, since we are ladies, the first run of merchandise is ladies wear. Um, but we're working on it. So if you guys have suggestions or if you're like, hey, I'd love to see this kind of piece of merch, uh, you know, hit us up. Email us. You can reach out to us on social media. Uh, leave us a Patreon post. But hope you will let go. I think they turned out really great. So yeah. good. I so really good. like them. And we'll have more to talk about about our packed parents, you know, later on in the summer. All right, for reals this time, now it's goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.